Hello, this is Jillian, and welcome to the Geeky Rose Shots. Yes, I'm back again. <laughs> um, I honestly am trying to think. I was going to do mostly TV this week, and also maybe just let's start off with the terrible Super Bowl last Because, <laughs> wow, that was a terrible game. Um, it actually like proves my point of why I don't like football very much. Um, so I watched the Super Bowl for the commercials and the halftime show, as, you know, one does. And the food. I like the food. Um, and this year, and I was trying to see the Patriots lose because this is getting ridiculous and it would have been nice to have two years in a row where Tom Brady got embarrassed. I mean, Tom Brady still should be embarrassed by last night's performance, but... He won, so it doesn't matter. Um, I think the commercials weren't all that great. Um, I liked the Alexa one with Harrison Ford. I liked the Michael Bublé one. It reminded me of um, the SNL skit that he did with John Hamm, Hamm and Bubbly. It was that's probably one of my favorite. SNL sketches reminds me that John Hamm actually needs to make another appearance on SNL because he's always, although I'm against my white males being on SNL, never mind. John Hamm, you can just make a little cameo appearance. You can't host. Um, yeah, so that the Michael Bublé one just reminded me of an SNL skit that he did, like, God, 10 years ago. Hamm and Bubbly. Look it up. It's really funny. Um... I was so into the Chance Doritos one until the Backstreet Boys showed up. I was going through the list because I was trying to show like my mom some of them that she didn't get to see. Mm, Yeah, I'm I'm blanking. Um, And then there were just, there weren't that many movie trailers, which I had heard. I had heard that most studios were basically like not dealing with it this year which is fine but Disney although everyone was like there's gonna be a Star Wars one Disney like flat out said there was gonna be a Star Wars one and I was okay with that I actually since we don't know a a title yet like I really didn't want to see anything from Star Wars last night I'd rather at least get a title reveal at some point within like the next few weeks because I don't think that they're gonna do anything crazy until celebration which is in April so, yeah, just a title release, guys. Come on, Lucasfilm, get that done. Just want to know what my episode 9 is so I can start changing my hashtags. <laughs> um, what else? Uh, so, yeah, I, I, a lot of studios didn't really do anything, but Disney did have three. Um, they put up a new one for Avengers Endgame, which we still don't know a majority of what's happening but they're just still trying to guess lay the groundwork of what the world is like without half of humanity and half living things um we saw cap in therapy which let's be real steve rogers so to be in therapy since he got unfrozen nick fury gotta get on that therapy for your superheroes but um but we didn't really see much else. Uh, we did see that, even though I knew it was the case, that Nebula, that Tony was not alone. Nebula was 
definitely there um, with him. So now we actually saw that. Thanks, guys. Um, we finally saw Rocket, which which is what bothered me the most about um, the first trailer. We still have not seen any of the living Wakandans, which is a little upsetting. Although people seem to think Thor is still in Wakanda. I guess Rocket probably still is too. This is the reason like we don't know where the time jump is, when the time jump happens, because there is definitely a time jump, but also because like we saw Natasha doing some shooting and she had longer hair than we're used to. So I don't know. It was very short and there's still so many questions and I just need this movie even though it's going to destroy me, like destroy my life. Um, we saw more Captain Marvel footage. Nothing really new either. That one we're a lot closer to, so it's at the point where I kind of want to stop watching Captain Marvel things because I want to be somewhat surprised, even though, like, I'm not gonna lie, Marvel is really good at keeping things secret. Like, really good. I don't think I've ever gone into a Marvel movie and felt like I saw everything. So, kudos to Marvel for how they stagger everything. I mean, even, like, Star Wars, too. Like, I know everyone gets, like, oh, everyone gets that way about trailers and stuff, but even, like, before The Last Jedi, like, I literally watched all those trailers, and I never would have imagined the movie we got. So, like, it, there, are, there are ways to do it, and not every studio or franchise cares, but, like, I mean, like, I'm not gonna lie, like, Mission Impossible Fallout pretty much gave away the entire movie <laughs> in one of the trailers, and it was still a fun movie to watch, but, like, it literally gave away the whole movie. So, depends on, I guess, the studio and the franchise and everything to figure out, like, okay, we don't need to show them everything. Like, Marvel's really good at holding things back. I'm, like, we only really see, like, maybe the first 20 minutes. And same thing with Star Wars. Like, I, it's just ridiculous. So, like, the whole thing, like, oh, I have to avoid trailers. Like, no, you actually don't for at least those two franchises. <laughs> maybe other ones. <laughs> but, um, yeah. So, the, th the bad thing was that those two happened very early on in the game, so then there was, like, nothing to really hold my attention, except that I did know that there was a Toy Story 4 trailer or something coming after the game ended, so I was like, ugh, to suffer through this awful, awful game, and uh, I was at least rewarded, because that did come true, um, so... We are now really seeing the festival setting, the carnival setting, and we saw Bo Keep. Like, I mean, we saw her, they had released some posters and stuff of her new look and everything, but now we actually saw her talking. She's with Woody. I'm so happy. And then they showed Buzz with um, Deck and Bunny, um, which is Key and Peel again. So um, I'm good. I'm good. I, I still have no idea what's going on in that movie, though. It's definitely different than the original plan for Toy Story 4, so... I don't know, but I'm excited. Yay! And Tom Hanks just did his last line reading for Woody in Toy Story 4. Everyone's like, oh my god, he's saying goodbye to Woody. I'm like, uh, he specified Toy Story 4 in the caption and everything, so there could still be another one, but... He's done with Toy Story 4, which one would hope, being that it comes out in June. Um, 
Yeah, I'm trying to think about other trailers. The only I the only other teasers. I mean, then there was like television shows, Handmaid's Tale season three, which I can't wait for, even though it looks super depressing. Um, there is the um, Jordan Peele's Twilight Zone reboot, um, which is actually that was actually one of my favorite like commercials as a whole because I thought that was extremely well done. And even though I'm not, I honestly think I've only seen like a handful of Twilight Zone episodes. It's just, I'm not, even though it's like psychological and stuff, like I was just not really into it. Like every New Year's Eve I keep, because like sci-fi always does the marathons, I'm always like, I should watch an episode. Because there are a few that like you've always heard of, like the Shatner ones. And like, I always wanted to watch the one that was mentioned in a Gilmore Girls episode by Logan and Rory. Um... I always wanted to watch that one, but it's always on at, like, 3 a.m., and I'm like, ugh. And then I just never DVR it or anything, because I always forget about it. So, yeah, Twilight Zone is just not one of my things. However, I'm, I really loved that teaser, and Jordan Peele being involved just makes everything crazy. Um, but also, I've just been, whoever, they keep announcing, like, who's in certain episodes, and I'm like, oh, like, they're really getting a lot of A-listers and stuff in here. The only downside is it's part of the CBS All Access streaming platform, which I do not have and do not want to spend money on. So we'll see. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe one of these days <laughs> I will make the plunge, but not right now. I have no money. Um, what was the other one that I was going to talk about? Oh, the other, I guess, big movie trailer was uh, for Hobbs and Shaw, the Fast and the Furious spinoff. With The Rock and Jason Statham and Idris Elba as a very, very, very attractive villain. Does Idris Elba know how to play anything else? Um, I, I've mentioned this before. I have only seen the very first Fast and Furious movie and found it very boring. So I never bothered with the other ones because I was like, this is so boring. Why am I going to watch this? I thought that a movie about car racing was supposed to be really fun. And... I had no desire to see any of the other ones. And then The Rock joined the cast in five. And I was like, well, I want to see The Rock and Vin Diesel go at it. But I still did not want to watch two through four to get to that. So I'm like, ugh, what do I want to do? This is like, this has been like my huge conundrum for a while now with Fast and the Furious. Because it's like different from Mission Impossible, right? Like I never saw Mission Impossible. So I was always just like, my reason for not watching Mission Impossible was Tom Cruise. Um... So I just never, but for Fast and Furious, I was like, oh, I really just want to get five, but I don't want to deal with the other ones. <laughs> and I'm still in this conundrum because I don't really want to, and now there's eight of them. And to get to Hobbs and Sean, I'm like, oh God, <laughs> should I do it guys? Should I watch the rest of the Fast and the Furious movies? Like, like my sister and her husband were like, nah. You don't really have to know the storyline. This looks totally different. I'm like, yeah, but, like, I want to know the characters a little more. Because, like, I know Statham's character is, like, a kind of big deal connected to another character who literally everyone loves. Who died? I don't know. But should I watch Fast and the Furious? It's not like I have time to do so right now. But should I watch it? I'm so behind on my... Star Wars thing I'm like at the point where I'm like am I gonna finish before December I haven't watched Clone Wars in like four weeks um and I'm still only on season two um so yeah there we go 
Oh, and there's the new Amazon show, Hannah, based on the movie Hannah. I really need to rewatch Hannah. I loved Hannah. And my dad was like, oh, this looks really good. And I'm like, I'm like, can you just watch the movie, though? Because then he was like, do we have Amazon? And I was like, no, you don't have Amazon Prime. Because <laughs> we don't. Um, so, yeah. Lackluster Super Bowl. Also, I was, like, really looking forward. Oh, not lo- really looking forward. I haven't been a super big Maroon 5 fan in probably nine to ten years. Um, but I do still, like, listen to their music. Like, it's never going to match up to what they were back in from like 2003 to 2007 but I keep wishing that there was just some little pops of that and like Adam's voice is still really good so I was like I was like optimistic but I like every time like I'm usually really good at picking out like which songs artists are gonna sing at the halftime show I could not like even fathom like the set list because I was like, well, they're not going to do a lot about songs about Jane because that was their first CD. It's 17 years ago. Like, do people, like, I mean, it's it's actually kind of crazy because a lot of people are like, oh, this is what, like, adults think that kids listen to. The thing is, kids actually do listen to them. One of my, like, second cousins is a huge Maroon 5 fan, and she just went to college, which is, like, kind of scary for me because I've been a fan for, like, pretty much her entire life, and she loves them too. So it's like kids do like them it's just that it's the weird like cusp of like you got like teenagers and then you got like more 30 somethings liking them but like not really the 20 somethings I don't know so I was just like oh they're not gonna do songs on me and I was like they're probably not gonna do anything from it won't be soon before long even though that was their best album um I was like probably nothing from hands all over and then I was like, it's probably going to be all from, like, Overexposed, Red Pill Blues, and V. And then they wound up doing three songs for Songs About Jane. And I was like, oh, okay, we're, we're doing this. We're doing this right now. Got it. And then I knew that they would do, I, I, had, I had figured, I at least figured one song. I was like, they're probably going to do This Love. And then they came out with Harder to Breathe, and I got weirdly emotional. <laughs> Um, I knew they would do Girls Like You, even though there was no Cardi, uh, unfortunate. And, um, I knew they would do moves like Jagger. But, yeah, it was just a very weird halftime show. Adam was shockingly low energy. And I've seen them in concert probably five or six times. I mean, again, over ten years ago. But it's like, Adam was literally always crazy on stage and he was not crazy I was kind of like I was like where's the energy I was like I get it it's been 10 years you're now 40 like <laughs> I, I get it but um this is kind of disappointing <laughs> and I know that people are pissed about the Spongebob thing I'm actually not a big Spongebob fan so I was just kind of like oh well they did the little section that's fine like why why do we need huge thing and Travis Scott was okay aside from the fact that he was bleeped out like the entire time um I actually don't mind I don't mind Travis Scott aside from his like personal affiliations and having big boy at least do I like the way he moved was kind of nice but it would have been great if um Andre 3000 was there Adam did okay but let's be real we we did need some outcast love uh, basically, NFL needs to reinstate Kaepernick, and uh, 
maybe we'll get some better quality in like literally everything that has to do with football. So get on that NFL. Get on that. So now it's time for some TV talk. Um, I'm going to talk about two finales first because, yeah, we had some finales already. Um, and then talk about some premieres that started. Um, so first up, we have the Outlander finale. Um, so this was season four. I have not read the book yet. I'm still behind on that one, too. Uh, I still have not even read the what the third season was based on, so that's where I am on Outlander reading. Um, I liked the season, though. It wasn't... I know a lot of people are pissed about certain things, but I don't know. Like, they've pretty much every week with Outlander, which has been a little frustrating, has been like, oh, they changed this from the book. They changed this from the book. And I'm like, where was this with Game of Thrones? <laughs> like, the Game of Thrones changes piss me off more than anything else. Whereas Outlander, I think, understands how things have changed and how they need to change. So they, like actually push the narratives whereas like game of thrones some of the changes they made made absolutely no sense like i they changed characters like they basically made characters like awful for no reason like it just made no sense for some of the things that are in game of thrones <sighs> but outlander also probably because i haven't but i mean even when i hadn't read the game of thrones books i was still pissed off by some of the, i don't know whatever outlander. outlander so this season was basically claire and jamie are living in north carolina now and um the first episode had a little like craziness with the new villain Stephen Bonnet who's a pirate um but basically it's like their lives and then it's also Brianna their daughter in 1970 60s 70s <laughs> one of those um she actually finds something out so she has to go back in time and her beau at that time Roger who is privy to the whole time travel situation also goes with her Ah, um, oh, that's, like, the main premise of the season, and it's fun. Roger, I, who I had previously really liked, I do not like him that much anymore, and it's uh, upsetting, but apparently this is normal. Like, most people, I actually, like, when I read people's responses, most people hate Brie and hate Roger, or I actually thought that they liked Roger, but now I'm like, do you really like Roger? Oh. But I definitely, I, but I also, I don't really understand the hatred of Brie. I think that unless they've really changed her in the TV show. I don't know. Um, but, like, they go through the normal, like, plot points. And Outlander's really, really into, like, I'm, I shouldn't say really into it. Because they're always trying to show that it's bad. It's, they, they, there is a, a lot of rape that ha has happened in this entire series. So it happens again. It's not really great. But I actually, side note, I did read something that apparently Outlander is how consent is being taught in like schools and stuff, which is pretty awesome. So kudos on that, at least that, yeah, they're showing how it's bad, but they also show when people are consenting to it. So Outlander gets points for that. Um, I think one of the big complaints was that there were some episodes without Jamie and Claire at all. And I get that because I love Sam and I love Katrina. But 
I also, when people were complaining about that, I was like, oh my God, this is like playing into all those really bad writers' hands by saying that when you have a couple together, you can't find interesting stories for them. And I've always kind of resented it. And that's like one of the reasons why like some of the will they or won't they on television don't happen because the writers are like, well, we can't write them as a couple. And it's so infuriating. But I was kind of like, oh, is that what happened here? And that's why like they're like, we'll focus on the couple that's not really doing so hot, which was Brie and Roger. <sighs> I don't know. But like I said, I thought the season was a bit of a return to form. I don't think I wish Bonnet had been, I think, more of a villain. I don't know if we're ever going to get back to Black Jack Randall, guys. It's a little upsetting. He was such a good villain. Tobias was so good. Tobias actually made an appearance this season again. That was great. Um, what was the other thing I was just about to say? Oh, there's this character, though. Literally, I think he was only introduced last season. His name is um, Lord John Gray. Lord John Gray. I'm pretty sure he was only in last season. At least season three. Every time this guy shows up, things get so messy drama-wise. And I'm like, oh, my God. Like, literally every time he shows up, I'm like, oh, Why? Like, he shows up, and I'm like, oh, great. Like, things are about to get messy, and they do every single time. So, that's, I think that's all I have to say about Outlander. Um, next up is another one that I can't really talk that much about, and it's The Good Place. Um, I had issues with this season. I didn't really like the premiere it kind of meandered for a bit. Then it finally hit its stride again, which is weird because the first few seasons I was totally in like every episode. I was like, I got this. It's great. For some reason this season, what they were doing just totally like threw me off for a few episodes and it took me a while to actually get into it again. And when it hit, then I got it. They're just so good at coming up with new twists like the fight like the finale had such an interesting little twist to it even though I'm gonna just say it I'm sorry if people really hate me I don't know what's wrong with my head I have been very not into shipping lately like there are very few cases in anything lately that I've actually been like oh I want those two together don't know why, like, don't know what's wrong with my brain. If I'm just depressed, it's just not, which is actually weird because usually when I'm depressed, I kind of go all in on, on certain couples, but for some reason, it's not happening. I do not really like Eleanor and Chidi as a romantic couple. <laughs> I feel like terrible when I dig it, but I don't. I don't know why. Like, I don't mind. I love them as characters. I love them as friends, but the romance part and it's really nothing new than Kristen Bell's great, Kristen Bell's chemistry with like literally everybody. And William Jackson Harper is doing an incredible job, but I just don't, I don't get why it was necessary. And even though like I get it now because there's a little more of a, an emotional attachment, but I still don't get it. For some reason, I like, if I was shipping on the show, I actually, I ship Jason and Janet, obviously. And I also, I kind of ship Tahani and Jason. But for some reason, I cannot get Eleanor and Chidi, like, in my brain to actually, like, be a couple. Like, I just can't. I don't, I don't get it. And I, I really am sorry. And I'm really trying. Like, it's not like I hate them. I just don't particularly care for it. And it's, it's again, it's not disrupting my enjoyment of the show or anything. 
it's just my thing I don't it's not it's not my couple (laughs) it's just not and I don't really I don't understand why like I can't get attached to this so that was just a little upsetting (laughs) um all right so those are my two finales and I hoped I was vague enough that no one gets mad if I potentially spoiled anything um, when I was in California, I actually totally forgot about this, but my aunt made me watch the first episode of The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, so that happened. Um, gotta say, did not, ex- for some reason, I had in my brain that this show was only about 30 minutes, like, I thought it was, like, a normal half-hour comedy. Did not realize it was, like, an hour-long comedy, because, I don't know, that's a lot. <laughs> um, but... I, I liked it. It was cute. It's just I don't have Amazon, so that was part of the reason why my aunt was like, you need to watch this show. And she's like, you don't have Amazon? And she, like, threw it on. And I was like, okay, I guess I'm watching Mrs. Maisel. Um, but, yeah, I only watched the first episode. I think Rachel Brosnahan is great. The accent's a little much. But also, like, the first episode's a little... Because she's, like, going through all that stuff with her husband and, like, that she has to be, like, perfect and, like... Yeah, there's just so many like standards from the 50s and stuff that I'm just like oh no I don't like this <laughs> but one day I will I guess get around watching the rest of it shows that I actually can watch um HBO's series Crashing came back that is if you don't know um Pete Holmes he's a comedian it's kind of his autobiographical like life story it's his autobiographical like show it's basically so if you do, I'll, I'll go into pete holmes's life right now pete holmes was like super religious he's based really christian and everything married the first girl he had sex with um and then she wound up cheating on him and he was devastated and decided and he was trying to be a stand-up and all this stuff so that's how like basically the pilot is him finding out that his wife is cheating on him and going into doing stand-up and it just it's like kind of his like adventures and trying to make it as a stand-up comedian and stuff and he's I like I'm like really hesitant I'm like is he super popular like if I say Pete Holmes like do people know who he is because he has a really successful podcast you made it weird which I love um and he's friends with like literally every comedian known to man like Kamel Nanjiani is one of his best friends and Chelsea Peretti um so like it's basically just him on the comedy scene in New York and everything so it's it's really like so on that end it's really cool and like just also because I like Pete as a person like it's just kind of fun seeing him he's just so awkward (laughs) he really is um so the first episode back, so it's now season three. They've been, I think, eight episodes each. I think, yeah, like each piece. Each piece weird with their comedies because they do the same thing with Insecure, and I definitely could use more Insecure episodes in a season. But Crashing, I feel like the eight episodes work. Um, it's just kind of him, like, getting back into the dating scene and everything like that. The first episode back was him. He's, he was now doing college tours, which is huge for comedians, and apparently – Um, (laughs) and he comes across this younger comic and he brings him to New York for a a few days so he can get a feel for the comedy scene up there and everything. But Pete also has some, like, um, some bad feedback from a promoter and is dealing with all of that. 
and also getting over going over a breakup and everything because there's this the character that was announced was introduced last season Jamie Lee's character um yeah they they got together and I loved her I'm actually she she didn't really feature much in the first episode but she featured in this in the second episode of season three and I was just like oh Jamie is such a breath of fresh air I think she is great um and so, I don't know. You want to check out Crashing? I think it's funny. I think... I, I really like Pete Holmes and his awkwardness. <laughs> uh, and then Showtime premiered the second season of Smilf. <sighs> okay. I loved the first season of Smilf. Um, it's basically a single mother I'd like to fuck. Um, Frankie Shaw made a short film and then it turned it into a series... Frankie Shaw is great, or we'll get into this. Um, she's basically, so she's a single mom. She's dealing with the fact that her ex is now dating someone new. She's pretty much broke all the time. She's dealing with her own, um, you find out a little later that she was sexually abused as a child by her father, and there's just all of this stuff, and she's also trying to be an actress. There's just so much going on. Um, but I actually really like the first season. Connie Britton's in it. Rosie O'Donnell plays her mom. Like, it's a really, really great show. Before the second season hit, there were all of these articles talking about how she as a showrunner was not doing a good job protecting the actors on the show and that she was kind of bullying the actress who's playing her ex's new girlfriend. And I actually was like wrestling with the fact of giving up this show because I got it into my head that if I'm criticizing men for doing this and punishing the show because men male showrunners are doing this to people I have to then hold female ones accountable as well I was like going back and forth like do I want to watch it again like I really like I thought that it was so smart and everything and it's just been very it was very heartbreaking to read although then you also have people just kind of not even not defending her but just saying like that show running is a business and you can't just take a writer and say well now run a business like there needs to be better standards like there are people just calling for the whole system to kind of come together and fix it and which was kind of nice but then also I was still like oh I don't know if I should watch it but then Vulture actually put a review saying this was a great season with an asterisk being like we're aware that there's all this negative stuff going on and we're trying not to hold it against her against like the show as a whole so I was like okay like if we (laughs) it's just we all still need to talk about this type of stuff and it's just really sad that this keeps happening and that it's not just it's not just men that it can be women too and that's important to know that women can also be doing this type of stuff and again it's not she didn't do anything she just there was that and it was all kind of just like bullying this one actress and like stuff about sex scenes and stuff which is just not just not great so the first episode back um god I can't even remember it was that her her mother takes care of this man and he winds up dying 
So she has to go to a funeral, to a funeral, and she's also trying to find her real dad just so she can confront him and get closure. And there's another one. A lot happens. A lot happens in like a half hour. Um, but yeah, I, I just, it's just, I feel like the whole season I'm just going to be watching it, but also in the back of my mind being like, oh my God, oh my God. Especially once it hits like the scene that I figure that I, I can finally figure out, like pinpoint it like, oh, that's, that was the bad experience. That was it. <sighs> everyone in entertainment, just please be better. Actually, everyone, please be better human beings. This also goes for politicians. Just everyone, please be better. Stop just being racist and sexist and bullying and everything. Just stop it. It needs to stop. <sighs> totally shifting gears to not a comedy, and but a brand new show on TNT. Um, it's a miniseries. It's called I'm the Knight. It stars Chris Pine. It's directed by Patty Jenkins, who did Wonder Woman. So it was reteaming those two, which is pretty cool. Um... I think it's based on a book, but it has to do with, like, somebody that was kind of involved in the Black Dahlia murder, and I am a weirdo, and I find the Black Dahlia murder fascinating. Like, I read that book by James Elroy around the time that the movie came out. I actually still have never seen the movie. Don't know if I want to, because the book kind of put a lot of visuals into my head, which are terrifying. But I love James Elroy. That whole his whole little LA quartet was so good because it was also LA Confidential was in there, and LA Confidential and Black Dahlia are the two the two best ones. Um, but the Black Dahlia is a real murder, and Chris Pine plays a disgraced journalist. Like he had a story, and it was kind of connecting. He kind of figured out who did the murder, who was a doctor, a prominent doctor, and. But I think that caused his downfall and then he becomes into drugs and he's kind of like a paparazzo. And it's just, so the first episode is pretty much him just like being the worst. Like he's getting beat up, which Chris Pine getting beat up is always fun, guys. <laughs> um, but it also, there was also the other, there was another storyline going on about this young teenage girl who's um, biracial, living in, I think, it was Alabama or Mississippi, and she, the woman she thought was her mother wasn't her mother, and she finds out that she's really somebody else's daughter, and she tries to get in contact with the family, and it turns out to be the doctor, um, who, by the way, is played by Jefferson Mays, and Jefferson Mays is one of my favorite actors. He is so versatile. He was in, I saw him on Broadway in, um, Gentleman's Guide to Love and Murder, and where he played every single member of the family, of the Dysquith family, and he was literally men, he was women, he was playing like, I think it was nine different characters, and he was so good in every single one of them. I then saw him, I think a year or two later, when he did, um, he was in the revival of the front page with pretty much everyone, like Nathan Lane and um, John Slattery were in it too, but Jefferson Mays was like, probably the scene stealer. Like, cause he just always is. And I'm still mad that, that, um, he did a Christmas carol, uh, only in LA this past Christmas season where it was a one man show. And I would have like dying to see that. 
and watch. It'll probably come to New York when I'm not in New York anymore. Anyway, we don't get to see him that much. We only see him in like two scenes. But I was like, oh my god, it's Jefferson Mays. I'm so excited. So I'm really interested to see where it goes. It's only a mini series, which is a little unfortunate. However, at least we know that it gets wrapped up at the end. Um, here for Chris Pine, just all the time, all the time. Chris, give me, give me all the best Chris. He's the best Chris. He and Chris Evans are tied for the best Chris. Okay, everyone. Um, I love Chris Pine to pieces, and yeah. I just, I'm really looking forward to the how, to see how it all connects and stuff. Apparently his character is the only character that's not real, like every other character is, which is crazy. Um, but I love real life stories like this. I, I've told you I'm huge into the Black Dahlia and uh, yeah, I'm excited. Why do I keep forgetting to talk about the magicians? All right, we're on season four now. It's a sci-fi show based on a book series that can be loosely described as adult Harry Potter meets Narnia. Um, I actually really like the books. I only I haven't read the final one yet. Um, and I think that the show is actually a lot better than the books because they made like the lead character is a little not great. So they made him they made him a lot more sympathetic and uh, Jason Ralph is great in the role. Um, they've made a lot of changes though from the books, which is great um, because I think it needed it and also that now it's gone on so there's only three books but now there's going to be five seasons because before the season four even premiered uh it got a pick up for the fifth season which is fantastic because the magicians is just kind of the most like wild show on television um despite it being on like sci-fi so they're still like kind of limited by certain network standards although they are saying fuck a lot a lot a lot a lot um <laughs> so that's always fun um I just really love it I love like it's just so bonkers and what they did last season it's kind of they like reset things so this season is kind of dealing with that and I've watched the first two episodes so far and I'm I'm always pretty much confused when watching the show anyway but um I think they're finally getting somewhere and it's just so crazy it's just such a crazy crazy show I love it um I think the first three seasons are on Netflix I might be wrong about that but or they might be on Hulu I have no idea I really don't I know that they were on Hulu and then maybe moved to Netflix so if you want to watch it they're only about 13 episodes each um and it's just, it's just a really wild show. They've had, like, musical episodes, like, the stuff that happens in Fillory, the Narnia-type land, it's just bonkers. Like, there's just so much <laughs> that happens in the show, and it's all magic, and it's just a lot of fun, so. Magicians, and I don't know why I keep forgetting about that the magicians came back. <laughs> um, so now let's kind of wrap it up and talk about movies coming out. Um, I totally forgot to do a movie thing last week, mostly because I coached completely forgot what was even coming out and the only movie that really did come out was Miss Bala which is Gina Rodriguez's like drug revenge movie um I love Gina Rodriguez but I was probably like and I might see the movie but not in theaters and it didn't really do very well which is a little disappointing because it was also a female director and those are very those having wide releases are harder and harder to come by lately which is awful come on. And so I'm hoping this, um, the time's up challenge for the 4% where 
an actor commits to working up at least 4% with female directors. I'm hoping that that boosts things and that certain studios have done it, like Universal has said it and Disney has even said it too. So here's hoping, fingers crossed, that we get more female directors in wide releases. Um, anyway, that tangent over. Um, this week, we have three new releases. Uh, I actually am like... Uh, the first one up is Cold Pursuit, which I'm not gonna lie, is one of my favorite trailers. I, when I first saw the trailer, I was like, oh my god, this is so great. And then every time I watch it, I'm still just like in total awe. The editing of that trailer is perfect. And the use of Don't Fear the Reaper. And it's just, it is honestly one of my favorite trailers. I have not seen like any of Liam Neeson's action movies since he started doing like all the takens and stuff. I've never seen any of them, but like Cold Pursuit is the first one where I'm like, I want to see that. And I don't know. But I'm kind of like kicking myself that I wasn't able to record this yesterday, even though I would have to eventually bring this up. So <laughs> I like was like, la la la, like in my head, like, okay, I'm going to talk Cold Pursuit and how much I love the trailer and everything. And then like I go on Twitter and everyone's like, Liam Neeson, why? And I'm like, oh my God, what did Liam Neeson do? And he made not great. <laughs> he apparently was not great. Did almost a racist murder as like a young man. And I'm like, oh my God, Liam. And there's so many PR like reps who are like, um, no, in that situation, I would pull the fire alarm. Like, how did that even happen? How did he even get to say this in front of a reporter? Like what happened? So, um, I don't know if Liam Neeson is totally canceled yet. <laughs> It's not great, but he did feel ashamed for it, so there's just a lot to unpack with this. Oh, guys, we need to have a major overhaul of every bias ever. <sighs> All right, so if you're into Cold Pursuit, <laughs> have at it. It's apparently actually really good, too. It's probably, I, I, I don't know, I haven't checked, like, the latest, but the first Rotten Tomatoes scores were in the 90s, which for a Liam Neeson action movie is pretty great because I don't think any of them has really been considered fresh. Uh, <laughs> so there's that. Um, second up is the Lego movie part two or the second part. I don't know. I don't remember the subtitle. I'm really looking forward to this one. I loved the first movie, even though some parts of the end of some parts of like act three did not sit well with me. Um, but I am really looking forward to this one. I hear that it's pretty much the same. There's just like a little, like, that it's it's good enough. It's not, like, it doesn't make it better than, it's not better than the first one, which is fine. Um, but yeah, I've been looking forward to this one. Can't get enough of Lego Batman. So, <laughs> and even just finding out, like, who else has been cast in it. Like, just hooting cameos. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to say it. I actually was just going to say it, but I'm not. But also, I'm really looking forward to seeing more Benny because it's in space and he loves spaceships. Um, so, yeah, I'm really looking forward to like a movie. I'm hoping I can see it this weekend. And then finally, it's uh, What Men Want, which is the kind of um, gender bent version of What Women Want, the Mel Gibson movie that came out in 2000, um, which is actually directed by Nancy Myers, which I don't think a lot of people know. So, they gender bent it and. Traji B. Henson is now a sports agent who gets the ability to read men's minds, and I think the trailer's hilarious. I love Taraji so much, and I'm actually really happy that she's being able to, like, branch out a little bit, because I don't know, like, 
I'm trying to think, has she ever really done like a solid comedy? I know definitely not since Empire. She's been very like stuck in that. And even before Empire, like she got nominated for an Oscar, guys, for The Curious Case of Benjamin Button. Like, I don't think a lot of people like remember that. Like, she's a legit Oscar nominee. And she was great in Benjamin Button. Um, so yeah, like I think that they kind of just took her as like more of a dramatic actress, but she's actually really funny, and I'm really looking forward to what men want because of that. Also because Aldous Hodge plays the love interest, and I miss me some leverage, guys. Oh, Hardison. <sighs> my boy but yeah it just looks like i mean it's it's probably nothing groundbreaking or anything but it looks like a lot of fun and uh, that's what we need now so maybe i'm seeing it this weekend too because my mom has been like talking about it non-stop she's like i need to see this movie so much we need to have a girl's night i'm like okay um so yeah that's it um so that is the end of the episode um if you want to leave me a comment or anything i'm on instagram at the geeky rose I'm on Twitter at the underscore geeky underscore rose. Um, I have my blog, which is still not updating that much. I did post put a post up yesterday of I did this like playlist thing where every morning I press shuffle on my iPod and whichever song is that is like my song of the day and I put it onto a playlist. So my January playlist is up if you're interested. It's, it's all crazy stuff because my iPod is pretty much the most eclectic thing in the world. Um... So if you want to check that out, it's thegeekyrose.wordpress.com. I'm also now writing for a website called Fangirlish. Um, I've had, I now have two pu articles published there. Uh, the first one I mentioned last week, and then I just published, they just published one about me talking about Bumblebee and why you should give it a chance. <laughs> so another one that kind of sounds like a podcast episode. And yeah, so you can check that out at fangirlish.com. And um, I guess I will see you guys next week. Bye.